Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo with Colleen Daniel. She's broadcasting from home again. Along with the entire About Mansfield news team, we appreciate your being here today. We are up to episode 38 now, and coming up on this episode, we have Mansfield news, sports, and weather for the upcoming week. And as always, we will conclude this episode with the trivia question of the week for a $25 gift card to Brooklyn Pie and Cafe. Let's take a look at this week's headlines. This week, the COVID-19 epidemic remains leveled off at a new plateau in Mansfield. Councilman Casey Lewis recaps this week's council meeting. Mansfield ISD superintendent on the mend after surgery. County commissioner undergoes successful surgery. MISD celebrates National Hispanic Heritage Month. In sports. High school football season start in a couple weeks. With COVID-19 protocols in place, what will it look like in the stands? Last week we went low. This week we're going to go high. Temperature. We'll talk about it later in the Ask Terry segment. Alexa's here with the seven-day weather forecast, and we will conclude our two-part talk in studio with school board president Karen Marcucci. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is about Mansfield. Hi, this is Tamara Bounds. For nearly a decade, I have worked with Mansfield citizens, city staff, multiple boards, commissions, and council members to bring good solutions to our challenges. That's why I'm running for Mansfield City Council Place 2. As your council representative, you can count on me to be your voice, to understand matters that are important to you, your family, and your business. And now is the time to make good use of our remaining vacant land. Maintain fiscal responsibility while expanding taxpayer relief. We need to find lasting solutions to our growing infrastructure needs and recruit sustainable businesses that will provide higher wage jobs that give Mansfield a competitive edge over bordering cities. On November the 3rd, I am asking you to vote for Tamara Bounds for Mansfield City Council Place 2. For more information, visit my website, TamaraBoundsForCityCouncil.com. Paid for by Tamara Bounds Campaign. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local, as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. Hey, Mansfield. Did you know cannabis is legal in Texas? I'm Sonia Salazar, co-owner of Wise Wellness. As cannabis educators and advocates, we can answer any questions you have regarding hemp-derived CBD. Wise Wellness carries a variety of products, including oils, topicals, edibles, and pet products. We are located on FM 157 beside Mansfield Fun Jewelry. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, we are offering a buy one, get one free special on select products. Just mention the podcast at checkout. Follow us on social media for our latest updates. Search for Wise Wellness, that's WISE, W-Y-S-E, Wellness, on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon. 
Hi, this is Jan Cox. And this is John Cox, owner of Stevens Garden and Grill. And you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. This portion of the news is brought to you by Ohana Screen Printing. The COVID-19 epidemic appears to be on a plateau here in Mansfield. About Mansfield's roving science reporter, Dennis Webb, has the story. Thanks, Steve. The spread of the virus appears to have leveled off at a new plateau after a declining trend in Mansfield. Reminder, as a city in Tarrant County, we are still under County Judge Glenn Whitley's executive order declaring a local public health disaster for the county. Judge Whitley and his public health team does not think we have beaten the virus yet. Monday, September 14th, Tarrant County reported 1,070 Mansfieldians as having tested positive. 921 are estimated to have recovered and 25 citizens have died since the start. We had 54 new cases this past week, the same number as the previous two weeks. We're on a plateau. We're not going down. We had two new COVID-19 deaths in Mansfield this past week, a typical week during the epidemic and a tragedy for those families. The county estimates that there are 149 active cases in Mansfield, that is, 149 fellow citizens who could pass the virus to another citizen if they aren't quarantining. This is a little bit higher than the previous week, another indication of plateau. We had only one new case in the small part of Mansfield that is in Johnson County. Mansfield ISD reports nine active cases among staff and 13 among students. The student number is a little higher than the previous week, but it's too early to talk trends. Next week, I will start reporting new cases. Check their website to see reporting by individual schools. From countywide numbers, daily testing remains steady, and the test positivity rate is hovering around 10%, well below the high of 20% in July, but still above the governor's goal of 6%. Countywide hospitalization remain in the low 200 each day, down from over 600 each day in July. The previous weeks of decline have been a really good sign that our behavior is putting the brakes on the spread of the virus with our simple civic actions, but progress has stalled. We heard from a listener who wanted more context than my single reports have offered. This report will conclude this discussion about what the fatality numbers mean. While we get fatalities at the city level, they are blessedly low and intermittent, so I'll use numbers from the whole of Tarrant County and the state to to discuss the trends. This past week, 27 citizens of Tarrant County lost their battle with the disease, the lowest number since mid-July, about the same as the previous week, again suggesting a local plateau. So a question, we've heard the fatality rate from the virus is supposed to be lower than the numbers we are seeing. What gives? Epidemiologists have estimated that the infection fatality rate of the people who have actually have the virus, how many die, that this infection fatality rate is between a half and one percent. We actually can't measure this in Tarrant County without testing everyone, literally everyone. We can, however, determine the case fatality rate which is, of the people who have been diagnosed with the disease, what percentage have died? Since the start, Tarrant County has seen 605 deaths against 44,000 positive cases, a case fatality ratio of 1.3%. And this is actually an indication that the county is doing a good job controlling the epidemic. The state of Texas has a cumulative case fatality ratio of 2.1, a little worse in Tarrant County, but nothing like New York was seeing in their runaway epidemic months. Our low 1.3% number is comforting unless one of the 605 fatalities in Tarrant County is a relative or a friend. We we are talking about actual deaths. So another question. 
are the total number of deaths in the county more or less than we would have expected without COVID-19. You can't really tell from publicly reported county or state data, but there is a name for this analysis. It's called excess deaths, where the total actual deaths are compared to a model of what epidemiologists would expect from prior years. Deaths per week vary seasonally, the population changes, and there are some other factors they consider. I expect state and county public health analysts are estimating excess deaths but not reporting it publicly because it's a little hard to explain. It relies on a prediction of what normal 2020 would be, and this analysis is normally done retrospectively after the data settles down rather than week by week. The Centers for Disease Control report their initial estimate for the state of Texas. They note that the data is incomplete for for the last few months. Still, it's an indicator. For Texas, CDC estimates excess deaths started a steady increase early in April, peaked around the end of July between 1,900 and 2,200 excess deaths per week. This roughly coincides with the state's reported actual record high of about 1,700 COVID weekly deaths. It is now down to about 1,000 deaths per week. For reference, the first three months, April through June, the state of Texas reported a steady average of about 200 COVID deaths per week in Texas before all hell broke loose in July. Let's do a little human behavior thought experiment. Say we're at a party back in February and somebody says, hey, this year a new virus is going to kill 200 Texans a week from April through June, and it's going to ramp up to 1,700 deaths a week in July. By Labor Day, over 13,000 Texans will have died. We would have thought this inconceivable at the time, but now it's not not even noteworthy. We have in the parlance of aerospace accident investigations normalized the deviance, meaning we have gradually accepted something bad as normal, and this is a thing humans normally do to get through each day. In space programs, normalizing deviance is where a series of otherwise reasoned and thoughtful human decisions gradually accept that failure to meet requirements is acceptable, even though the indications of the problem are clear. This happened when the Challenger shuttle exploded during launch as hot gases from the solid rocket motors blew by the two O-rings, causing the rocket to come apart. This blow-by had been seen several times before, and it was not allowed by the design requirements, but the decision-makers considered it okay to fly. One of the astronauts who died on this explosion was a musician friend, Ron McNair. A similar situation led to the loss of the Columbia shuttle, where foam kept falling off the external tank, a complete no-no, but was gradually accepted as not a significant risk as the team worked to fix the problem with the foam. During Columbia's launch, a big piece of foam fell off, hit the front of the shuttle's wing, poking a hole in it that nobody knew was there. Later, when the Columbia was coming home, hot plasma blew into the hole, burning the wing apart, leading to the shuttle breaking up over North Texas. Again, human behavior, normalizing deviance, was a contributing cause. One of the astronauts who died on Columbia was an amateur astronomy friend, Dave Brown. I'm trying really hard not to normalize deviance as I think about the epidemic and my personal risk. My reports about the epidemic come from a professional reflex, suspecting something bad is happening, looking carefully at the data to find what it can tell us, asking myself regularly, have I normalized a deviance? These weekly deaths can eventually stop if every one of us follows the recommendations of our state and county leaders. When you're out and about, keep your distance from other people and wear a mask. Wash your hands a lot. Avoid crowds, and if you're old or sick, stay at home as much as you can. 
it is not yet time to let down our protective measures. As always, we welcome listener science questions. Reporting from the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Thank you, Dennis. If you have a science-related question, you can reach out to Dennis by email at info at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that's info at aboutmansfield.com. Mansfield City Council met on Monday evening, and with the recap, here's Councilman Casey Lewis. The City Council held a regularly scheduled meeting on Monday, September 14th. We started with a work session discussing the mosquito control policy, including a presentation from Tarrant County Public Health, members of our Environmental Services Department, and the company we contract with that does our mosquito spraying. During the regularly scheduled council meeting, we heard public comments and worked through some solutions to resident concerns about the policy and made some amendments to the updated policy, including education programs, preventative measures, and making sure final decisions regarding mosquito control are made locally rather than by the county. The updated policy was approved with a 6 to 1 vote. The city budget for fiscal year 2021 is now officially approved with a unanimous vote. Included in the budget are four new police officers, one new firefighter, a joint police and fire training facility, many new community engagement programs, merit raises for city employees, and several capital purchases for equipment and facilities. Also included in the budget is a $0.02 tax rate reduction and the 10% homestead exemption. We expanded the moratorium on tattoo parlors to cover the entire city of Mansfield until we can have an updated zoning classification that addresses them specifically. There were several new business items included in economic development deals involving business expansions and the sale of city land. We also unanimously approved a second parklet in historic downtown Mansfield outside of Dirty Job Brewing. It was a busy and productive night with our six-hour meeting adjourning just before 10 p.m. On behalf of the Mansfield City Council and for About Mansfield, I'm Casey Lewis. Mansfield ISD Superintendent Dr. Kimberly Cantu has been cleared by her doctor and returned to work on Tuesday after undergoing surgery in mid-August. Cantu stated in a public message that the surgery and recovery went well, that she couldn't wait to get back to normal duties and continuing serving the students, family, and staff members of Mansfield ISD. Cantu also thanked Dr. Deborah Cron for sitting in as interim superintendent while she was on medical leave and commended staff and the community as a whole to ensure MISD's health safety protocols and processes remain up to date and well functioning. The superintendent's COVID-19 advisory task force resumed meeting this week. The task force consists of various staff members from the campus and district levels, parents, students, healthcare professionals. Meetings are scheduled to be held monthly. Speaking of being on the mend, earlier this summer, Tarrant County Precinct 2 Commissioner Devin Allen shared with her constituents that she would have to undergo a medically necessary surgery. Commissioner Allen took to social media on Saturday with a message that stated, quote, Thankfully, my surgery was successful, and I'm continuing my at-home recovery as directed by an amazing medical team. However, I do look forward to returning to court meetings virtually and on a part-time schedule for the next several weeks as I continue to recover. I am so thankful for all of the kindness and understanding extended to me during this time, and I'm so excited to be back in court." Unquote. Part of Commissioner Allen's precinct covers Mansfield. National Hispanic Heritage Month is a time to celebrate the history, cultures, and contributions that Hispanic and Latino Americans have made to the United States. Hispanic Heritage Month begins each year on September 15th, the anniversary of the independence of five Latino American countries, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua. Mexico, Chile, and Belize celebrate their independence days on September 16th, 
18th and 21st, respectively. The 30-day period also falls in line with Dia de la Raza on October 12th, which is a celebration of Hispanic traditions and culture heritage in many Latin American countries. Although MISD campus assemblies and gatherings will not be held, schools will be celebrating the impact of Hispanic and Latino cultures through lessons, morning announcements, and projects. Just a reminder that Campaign 2020 in Mansfield starts the week of September 30th here on About Mansfield, where we will present in-studio interviews with local candidates each week, starting with the school board, then the city council, and concluding with the mayor's race. To see a schedule of the interview dates, visit our website at aboutmansfield.com and click on the links tab. Let's check sports. Here's Tommy Cummings. The countdown for high school football for Mansfield ISD teams continues. The season starts September 24th, a Thursday, when Lake Ridge and Timberview kick off their seasons at Vernon Newsom Stadium. The next evening at Newsom, Legacy will take on Trophy Club's Byron Nelson at 7. Down Broad Street at R.O. Anderson Stadium, Summit will be scrimmaging Keller, and that starts at 6 o'clock. And the big one for the week, Mansfield High will be taking on Arlington High at Globe Life Park in Arlington on the 25th. That's also at 7 o'clock. That brings us to part two of our discussion with Star Telegram High School beat writer Brian Gossett. In this segment, Brian tells us what to expect COVID-19 wise when fans start filling the stadiums. Yeah, thanks, Tommy. Uh, yeah, you know, smaller schools, 4A and below, have already started. Most of them are starting uh, week three games here. You know, I've been I've had the opportunity to go cover a game the last two weeks. Went to Midlothian ISD Stadium in week one and went to Castleberry in week two. And, you know, you talk about what some of these COVID protocols are. And I think, you know, we're five or six months in and we kind of, we all, we all know about it. You know, wear your mask and uh, stay six feet apart. You know, that first week in Midlothian, you know, I don't know if you've been to that stadium. It's a fairly big stadium, like, like a Newsom or Anderson and, you know, the groups of uh, families were, were sticking together and taped off every other, some some rows they taped off and then some, you know, they would tape off three or four chairs and, and get that six feet uh, going, you know, walk walk in and out with masks. If you're walking around the, the stadium, the concourse, you know, you wear your mask. You know, some of them wore masks in the, the, in the seats, some didn't. Um, I know week one was kind of, you know, it's new. Um, everyone's everyone's kind of sort of testing the waters. Um, I know a lot of a lot of stadiums around the state. You know, some follow protocols and some you know didn't really. And the UIL kind of came down and, and uh, made a statement and said, you know, listen, if if you continue to you know pack the, the stands and don't wear your mask and don't stay six feet apart, then you know, we'll, we'll shut sports down, or we'll just we won't, you won't be allowed to have spectators. So, as far as I could tell from week two games, um, I didn't see much of those same photos. So I think uh, you know more schools are are taking it seriously, taking the, the UIL statement seriously, and you know getting better at it. And you know, Castleberry was kind of the same same deal, uh, and they did a good job. But, you know, I've talked to a couple of people, and it'll be interesting for the 5A and 6A schools because, obviously, they, they have, they're they going to have more fans, and the stadiums are, are going to be bigger. So, you know, we'll see we'll see how Newsom or R. Anderson will do. But I know, you know, I trust Mansfield ISD and Coach O'Neill and, you know, Don and Tammy over there. 
um, in the in admin building. So I think they'll do a good job. But, but yeah, just you know, if you you want to go to a high school football game, you know, make sure you wear your mask. I know a lot of it is going to be online tickets. That's the only way you can purchase tickets. And I know there's going to be probably a lot of times where. You're just kind of out of luck, and, and you're going to have to stay home. Uh, they won't have enough enough room for for you. But I know one thing: the UIL, you know, lifted that ban on Friday nights, where you know now schools and and TV stations they can broadcast the, the Friday night games live. So you know, if you're not able to go to a game, you can definitely live stream it online somewhere. Well, that's interesting. What is the uh, the concession stand status? Uh, are you able, are they open, and are you able to? Uh... Uh, get refreshments during the game? Yeah, uh, the two games I went to, yeah, the concession stands were open and went to a scrimmage um, in Brock. They had, you know, those uh, the trailer with the merchandise uh, with the shirts that was open. So, you know, you might see that. Um, I think that's, I think Newsom might have that. I'm not positive, but yeah, as far as I could tell, uh, everything, everything was open, concession stands, you know, restrooms. It was kind of back to normal, but uh, obviously just now you just got to wear your mask. It's, it's going to be a whole new world, and uh, hopefully we'll get past this and things will get back to normal. We won't have to follow these. Um, we'll, we'll follow high school football the way we used to. So uh, I know you'll stay on top of the story, Brian, and I appreciate you uh, uh, sharing your time with us. We'll check in with you uh, during the course of the season, I hope. All right. Thanks for having me, Tommy. Be sure to follow Brian's coverage at StarTelegram.com. September 18th is a big day for Fieldhouse USA. That's the day registration ends for the Fall Championship Series Basketball League for boys and girls 3rd through 8th grades. The Fall Recreational Basketball League for boys and girls starts on the 18th. The Fall Recreational Volleyball League for girls 1st through 8th grade starts on the 18th as well. The Mansfield Youth Baseball Association opens its season September 22nd. They play games at Mansfield Sports Complex, Big League Dreams, and McClendon East Park. Visit myba.com for details. And that's it for sports in Mansfield. If you have any sports news, let us know. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Tommy Cummings. It's time right now for the Ask Terry Do-It-Yourself Home Improvement feature. Terry Radswin is our resident home improvement specialist and answers your questions about the place that you call home. Terry? Thank you, Steve. This episode, we're going to talk about something that we fortunately shouldn't have to worry about for a while, air conditioning units. Brigitte asks, what should we watch for during the summer heat? What does it mean when my pipe coming from the attic is dripping outside? Should I be worried if my air handler is sweating? How often should I change the filter? Well, Brigitte, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, there's always the chance we'll crank those units up to 11 yet this year. The record high temp for September in Dallas-Fort Worth is 111 in 2000. We hit 98 in October of 2014, and we touched 94 in November of 2017. So, while my response seems less than timely, between the coronavirus, murder hornets, wildfires all over the country, and the Dallas Stars headed for the Stanley Cup Finals, I wouldn't be surprised if we're spending Christmas Day on the beach at Joe Pool Lake. Air conditioners work by passing the warm air from inside the house over a set of evaporator coils, which are cooled by liquid refrigerant. Absorbing the heat from the inside air causes the refrigerant to change into a gas, which flows back to the outside unit. 
There, a compressor forces it through a set of condenser coils where it discharges the heat and turns back to liquid again. The cycle continues until the temperature inside the house hits the level you selected when you hit the thermostat. One of the most important functions the set of evaporator coils performs is that of a dehumidifier. In other words, the humidity in the hot air turns into water when the air hits the cooling coils, and the air that flows back into the house is both cooler and less moist. That water's got to go somewhere, and it does that by flowing from inside the air handler unit through PVC pipes that are tied into your home's wastewater drain system. The air handler also has a catch pan underneath it to take care of any overflow on really humid days. That water also drains through a PVC pipe that most commonly drops out of the eaves of the house if the air handler is located in the attic, and that's the dripping you see outside from what we call the secondary drain. Normally, that's not a problem. What is a problem is if you've got water flowing from the pipe outside and you see water spots or drips on your ceiling, which means that your primary drain is stopped up. It's usually dirt or a combination of mildew and bacteria that cause the clog. You can remedy this by cleaning the condensate drain pipe. There are tablets sold commercially that can be placed in the air handler drip pan to keep the bacteria from sticking inside the pipe, but if you're overflowing already, it's too late for that. You'll either have to cut into the pipes and try to suck out the clog with a wet-dry vac, or try running bleach through the line and forcing the clog out with either water or air pressure. Either way, it's a pain in the tush, and it's at this point that I'll tell you it's worth the few bucks it costs every spring and fall to have a heating and air conditioning pro come out and do a checkup on your system before the cooling and heating season start. Sweating on the outside of the air handler doesn't happen as often, but it's usually caused by one of a few things. It could be poorly insulated or leaking ductwork, high humidity in the attic or in the home, which is causing the coolness of the air handler box to condense the moisture, that blocked condensate drain, or bad airflow, which is caused by dirty ducts or a dirty filter. It's a chore to find the leaking ducts, and that might be best left to a pro. High humidity in the attic can be solved by adding ventilation. I even added a thermostatically controlled power attic vent right near my air handler to help ease the load on the unit this summer myself. We've already addressed the condensate drain, so that leaves changing that filter. The cleaner the filter is, the cleaner the ducts say, and that means the cleaner your system in your house stays. Older systems usually just have a one-inch filter, and those are cheap enough that you can replace them monthly at a reasonable cost. For the newer heating and air conditioning systems that have a four- or five-inch filter, that monthly change isn't really realistic. I recommend inspecting those thick filters monthly and cleaning them with a vacuum to get at least the surface dust off of them. Change them out every three months, and you should be fine. Thanks for the questions, Brigitte. Here's hoping, though, that we get through the rest of the year fairly uneventfully as far as weather is concerned. Don't forget, folks, you can email your home improvement questions to me or go to my Facebook page at Ask Terry AM Podcast or to my Twitter page at Ask Terry AM Pod. We'll talk to you next week. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm home improvement specialist Terry Radswin. Go Stars! If you have a home improvement question, you can send an email to askterry at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that is askterry, T-E-R-R-Y, at aboutmansfield.com. Terry will tackle another home improvement question next week. Monday is National Miniature Golf Day. Let's see if the weather's going to cooperate for a round of putt-putt. Alexa? In Mansfield for the next seven days. On Tuesday, it should be cloudy, with stormy weather on Wednesday and Thursday. On Friday, it should be cloudy again, with sunny skies Saturday through Monday.
Daytime highs will range between 83 and 88 degrees Fahrenheit. According to Tarrant Regional Water District, your lawn needs no water from your irrigation system this week. Yes, Virginia, your sprinklers may remain off this week. High temperatures have dropped and there is plenty of moisture in the soil. There are chances of rain midweek. Fall is right around the corner, and it's a great time to plant trees and perennials. To see a map of watering recommendations for North Texas, log on to waterisawesome.com. That's a look at news and weather. If you have a news tip that you would like us to follow up on, please send us an email to news at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that is news at aboutmansfield.com. Just a reminder to follow this podcast so you will be automatically notified when a new episode is released. The easiest way is to log on to our website, aboutmansfield.com, and enter your email address under the Follow Podcast by Email heading on the homepage. And if you own an Amazon device, listening is as easy as saying, Alexa, play the About Mansfield podcast. You can also ask Siri to play the About Mansfield podcast on Apple devices. Coming up after the break, when we switch from news to talk, we will conclude our two-part interview with school board president Karen Marcucci. Stay with us. I'm Steve Casillo with Colleen Daniel and the entire news team. And this is About Mansfield. It has literally carved the landscape of the planet itself. Yet beyond its beauty and its grace, it is essential to life itself. Water, it's awesome. Enjoy it. Just don't waste it. Visit waterisawesome.com. Hey, it's Steve Casillo, and I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce our weekly episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities and can even help market your podcast. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need the help from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located in Mansfield for more information on starting your podcast or looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. Again, that's podcastmansfield.com. Mother of three Mansfield students, wife, former teacher, and entrepreneur, I'm Corinne Fiagami, and my husband and I are extremely grateful for the teachers, staff, and administrators who make our district a destination for quality education. Our schools consistently score high marks on state accountability ratings. Many of our facilities are state-of-the-art, and our district and school leadership teams are committed to increasing the academic, social, emotional, and physical health of our children. As a school board member, I intend to make sure that all of our district-wide assets continue to serve our community's needs with excellence. That's why I'm here, to ask for your vote for MISD School Board of Trustees Place 7. We must ensure all of our children and receive the benefits of access to an excellent education. I'm Corinne Fiagami, and not only do I approve this message, I invite you to learn more at CorinneForMISD.com. Paid for by Corinne Fiagami for Mansfield ISD School Board. Paid political ad by the Brent Newsom campaign. Hi, this is Brent Newsom, candidate for mayor. I love Mansfield. I grew up here, and I'm raising my family here. There is no other place I'd rather be. I'm running for mayor to protect our quality of life. Mansfield is the only home I've ever known. I've watched it grow from a town that I could ride my bike across as a child into a bustling city of almost 85,000 people. Mansfield has given me so much, and it's my duty to give back. As a local banker, 
I help businesses grow and create jobs every day. As your next mayor, I will use the same common sense business practices to lower taxes and help our economy recover. Since you elected me to city council, I have been working to lower the taxes on homeowners by growing the commercial tax base. And you know what? That is working and it is paying off. We have just passed the city's first ever homestead exemption. Next, we're going to be cutting the tax rate. Because of our sound fiscal policy and smart planning, Mansfield is actually cutting taxes and fully funding our police, while other cities are raising taxes and defunding police. This is Brent Newsom for mayor, asking for your vote. In 1999, Mansfield Cares was founded to be the safety net for those in need in our great city. Mansfield Cares built the first free medical dental eye clinic and the warehouse that is home to the only food bank in Mansfield. Our city's seven food pantries, Feed the Kids program, Back to School Bash, and college scholarships have all benefited from Mansfield Cares. Become a part of Mansfield's safety net. Donate today at mansfieldcares.org. That's mansfieldcares.org. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the switch from news to talk. And in the studio uh, again this week is part two of our interview with Karen Marcucci, school board president. And today we talk about her time on the school board, ice cream, and travel. Enjoy. In talking about your your childhood and and your family, uh, your mom and dad love to travel. Has that travel extended into your married life with with your husband, your three girls? Do you do you still do a lot of traveling? We don't do as much as I did as a um, child. Uh, but we do a lot, and my parents have been phenomenal. My parents do take the girls on trips without me and my husband, and sometimes they prefer it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and so they've had a lot of fun with that. And we have been trying to travel a little bit more. Um, I'll tell you, coming up this Labor Day weekend, um, with COVID and everything, it had really put a damper on a lot of the work that we had done as far as trying to plan for different trips and all. So we're actually headed to Marfa. So my girls really haven't been uh, that part of Texas. Have you been? Uh, I have not either. Oh, it's it, wonderful. And so we've got a little house there, and so we're excited in. Um, the McDonald Observatory yes. is open again for their star parties. They're at reduced capacity, but I was online Monday so that I could get some of the first tickets that were offered, and we uh, did get tickets for that. So I'm very excited about that opportunity. And uh, so we're not, you know, going out of the country quite as much as we had, you know, originally been doing or thought about doing. But we are trying to explore uh, a little bit more and just get our girls exposed to a lot of different lifestyles and a lot of different uh, places. Yeah, Fort Davis is right up the road, and that's it's kind of a a neat place to spend half a day, and and you can hike up to the top of the mountain, and which has a wonderful view of the fort. And what is the art piece that it's the Prada store? Yes, Prada. Yes, the Prada yes. store is is wonderful. Uh, Alpine is just. What, 20 minutes where the original Riata restaurant is, if you want a really nice yes. fine dining experience with teenage girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, we like to expose yeah. them to everything. So uh. Marfa is very cool because it's a very artsy, minimalist city that y- you see a lot of blank spaces, which 
to them as art. Uh, Marfa was was one of my favorite. And then you got to go out and to go see the Marfa lights. Of course, yes. Which is right off the highway. And, and it's a good mix it, for my family, too, because one of my daughters, she's uh, very into art and loves everything about art. So I thought that that would be a really neat thing for her. I've got others that are, you know, interested in more of the science side of things, others that are interested in hiking and all of that. So it kind of puts all of our interests together. So I think it'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Let's go back to the school board. What's the most difficult part of your job? Oh, the more, most difficult part is trying to do what's best for every child. And so there are many times we have to make decisions that are in the interest of most children, right. knowing that they're not in the interest of every child. And, uh, and that's not always easy, is it? That is horrible because um, you start to think about those individuals and you start to think about those particular families that you know things aren't going to work out well for them. Um, but you also know that there's a limited amount of resources and there's limited funding that we have to take on these different programs. So trying to serve the most kids, you know, as effectively right. as we can is probably the hardest part. And parents can get pretty emotional at the, the school board meetings. Yes. And I'm glad they do because that means they care. Sure. So every time an emotional parent talks to me or reaches out to me, um, it actually makes me a little happy inside because nice. that means that they care enough to fight it for their children. And I worry a little bit when parents aren't that involved mm -hmm. and don't care that much. And so, um, you know, it really kind of frames the conversation in a different way when you know that they're angry because they care so much for their kids. What's the biggest misconception that the general public has toward a school board or a school board member? So one of the ones that's really interesting to me that comes up year after year is um, uh, they think that we don't think things through. Um, there's always a misperception that because many of our votes are unanimous, that um, there's groupthink or that, you know, we really haven't thought things out. And I, the thing that I try to explain to people that have that concern is that by the time a proposal comes to us and it's ready to be voted on, um, we like to think that it has been so well vetted and so well thought out that there is no way uh, to move forward except to vote for it, um, because we really want to make sure that we do have the best thought out ideas. So I think a good example of that, um, hopefully this doesn't get people too raw, but um, you know, when we talk about um, the Star Center, yeah, uh, a lot of people think that the school board voted on that, but that never actually made it to a vote. So when that was first brought forward to the school board, school board members had enough concerns and had gone to the superintendent about that, that it was never um, vetted well enough that we felt comfortable voting on it. And so I think that's a good example of, of what I'm talking about. In the seven years that you've been on the board, would you say the Star Center was the most controversial to pass your desk? or And if not, what would you say uh, would not controversial or, or the biggest topic really that, that made an impact on, on Mansfield? I think it depends on um, your perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, that was certainly a big one um, for the city of Mansfield. But you have to remember Mansfield ISD is bigger than the city of Mansfield, right. you know, Arlington, Grand Prairie, we've got some Fort, some of Fort Worth, Rendon, unincorporated areas. We've got Johnson County. So that while that was a really big one, um, I would have to say personally, I think picking our new, next superintendent after Dr. Vyshovskis retired, um, because that's going to have a real long-term effect on the school district. And that was... Um, 
not just a moment in time. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. going to be many moments in time. And so pick, uh, so selecting Dr. Cantu as our next superintendent, I think is probably the biggest responsibility I've had since I've been on the board. And describe Dr. Cantu's experience prior to becoming the superintendent. She's been with the 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 MISD for, for many, many years. She has been, and, and she was Dr. V's number two. So okay. when Dr. V was out, um, she would be the one that would act in his place. So she does have a lot of experience. And of course, um, Dr. V has been a tremendous mentor to her personally. Um, and she has a lot of experience in Mansfield ISD, but she also has some experience in Burleson. She's very well connected in the school community as well as a whole. So she's got a lot of support from other school districts as well. And a lot of, um, experience through her friends, you know, that have been able to help her and guide her. Yeah, she's very well qualified for what she does, what she's doing, but she is new. Oh, sure. <laughs> she is new in the role. And so there will be some growing pains, but I think she's doing um, phenomenal right now. But the one thing I do like about what she's been doing so far is that she is, she's very transparent by at, at least going out and, and making herself public by, by video. When there was the problem with the handing out the the electronic devices, she took to YouTube and and social media and said, "You know what? Here's a problem, and we're going to try to correct that." And I apologize. The fact that she came out and publicly apologized is rare. And I commend her for that. And one of the things I really like about her is she truly does have that continuous improvement mindset. And that speaks very near and dear to me. I don't know if you're familiar with an industry, the Six Sigma certifications. Um, so there's uh, there's a whole movement out there about um, continuous improvement that's called Six Sigma. And Six Sigma is a very mathematical term, but basically uh, what it says is that we don't want to make mistakes very often at all. And so I actually worked in continuous improvement for a number of years in my chemical engineering job and am a Six Sigma black belt, which sounds really fancy, but it just means I have a lot of statistical background um, and can look at problems from a very analytical standpoint. And um, that's one of the things that I really like about Dr. Cantu is that good isn't good enough, right? Good can always be better. And so she really is committed to trying to figure out, uh, like I said earlier, one of the biggest challenges is, is how do we um, help every child? Mm-hmm. So if there is a child that's whose needs aren't being met, I mean, that's her mindset. So how in the world do we create a program that's going to help them as well? Right. I used to own a business where the, the motto was, I'm not satisfied until you're satisfied. Yes. And it sounds very similar yes. to uh, you're always trying to improve. Um, well, we appreciate the, the, the fact, number one, that a school board member, a school board trustee is a volunteer. And, and we appreciate uh, all of the school board members, and thank you for uh, for your service on on the uh, the school board. Well, I very much enjoy it, and I'm so thankful that um, our public has believed enough in me to vote for me. Um, and that doesn't go lightly with me. I think about that often, that people actually took the time out of their day mm-hmm. to go vote, and not just vote, but to vote for me. And it's very humbling, and I'm very, very thankful for the opportunity to serve. Someone told me that you are a 
hobbyist soap maker. Oh, I love it. This has been my quarantine hobby. You know how everybody has their thing that they wanted to do and never did? Right. They either sat in front of the TV or they created a new hobby. And so you're making soap. I am. And I should have brought you some. I'll have to bring you some. (laughs) All right. Uh, It is very much a hobby. um, And I'm going to have to give a shout out uh, to Pam over at Dolliver Bay. Pam, come on. Because uh, she makes the best soap. And so I have enjoyed her soap for years. I've given those out as teacher gifts and all of that. And um, uh, during this pandemic, I started thinking that making soap wouldn't be a bad thing, uh, getting people to wash their hands more, and reached out to Pam, and she's been very helpful, and I've just had so much fun playing with it, and um, we're both excited. We're both nerdy in our own little ways, yeah. and we've enjoyed uh, connecting in that way, very much so, but she she does it better, but uh, I still have a lot of fun with her. <laughs> yeah, Pam's a big nerd. Uh, shout out to Pam. Uh, Absolutely. Pam, Pam was... Pam was a guest on this show uh, probably within the first half dozen episodes. I, I don't. She, She's a great community and, member. I enjoy her very, very much. Uh, she manages the, the farmer's market where she uh, she sells her soap. And her, her soap now is available at, uh, at the, the local farmer, the new business on Main Street. And she has a new and booth this, that's opening up, too, at um, Painted Tree. I did not know that. Yes. So very I'm very cool. excited about that. Do you envision... Uh, Karen's soap to to take on a similar path? <laughs> Not at all. Um, it's really just a hobby for me. I enjoy um, the chemistry side of things. Of course. And so uh, I've had a lot of fun experimenting with different stuff. So I don't think I would ever get to the point where I could make a product consistently. <laughs> <laughs> I would always want to try something else or do something different just to see how it impacted that. Uh, so it's, the nice thing about it is that you do, there are some dangerous chemicals involved. So you do have to turn your phone on silence. And I think that's the part that really appeals to me is that it's one of those things that requires concentration. And so you can't be distracted while you do it. <laughs> the dangerous chemical lie? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so. that has to be handled with care. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's a lot of fun. I really do enjoy it, but I recommend Pam's products over mine any day. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite ice cream? I am very plain with that, but I really like a good vanilla. A good vanilla. I really do. Like, I like the vanilla bean. I like all the crafty stuff in there. And if you want to put a few things in there, like um, a Heath bar or an Oreo or something, like that's all good too, but just a good basic vanilla. If you've listened to this the, the show with any regularity, you know that we do a lightning round. It's time for the lightning round. Uh-oh. <laughs> yes. This is where the listeners actually really get to know Karen Marcucci. Uh-oh. <laughs> all right? So... Whatever comes to mind, yell it out. Uh, Day or night? Day. (laughs) Plane or train? Plane. Plane or road trip? Road trip. Snow ski or water ski? I've never done either. Can you believe that? But I like the cold. I'll say snow. Pizza or taco? Taco. Yes. (laughs) Rain or sunshine? Sunshine. Speakers or earbuds? Speakers. Talk or text? I'm a talker. You know that by now. (laughs) (laughs) Teach or learn? Learn. But I feel like you don't really, if you can't teach it, you don't really know it. So I like to learn, but then I like to teach to make sure I truly understand what I learned. So I guess we'll have to go with learn on that one. (laughs) This is actually one of the favorite things I love about doing this podcast is bringing people in. I, I didn't finish college. I have no degree. And so I always look at this talk realm as my second education. 
having worked in talk radio for my, my entire career, I'm working with talk show hosts that are have these intelligent minds, whether I believe them politically, whatever. But uh, I always looked at talk radio as as my second education, as the education that I never really completed. And yeah. So, uh, teacher learn, I would, I I'm learning. Well, and you know, much to my husband's dismay, like those re- road trips and all that, that we just talked about. Sure. Um, I have it on NPR cause I always learn something new there. Um, you know, no matter how you feel about it politically, I always learn something or I go investigate something like just the other day. Uh, I was fascinated by this and this is going to be a mysterious topic for you to investigate glitter. Okay, you need yes. to find out more about glitter. Do you know this? We don't know who the largest purchaser of glitter is in the United States. It's it's classified. I don't know if classified is the right word, but the person that uh, or that company that GlitterX that sells uh, glitter right. um, will not name their top customer. And uh, they said that you may not even recognize glitter as glitter in their application. So I have to know more about this. <laughs> was, I read something about glitter and, and I think I read it in the New York Times. Oh, there was an article. Yes. Yes. And wonderful article. It, so listeners go back into the New York Times archives and this only came out within the last six months about glitter well, maybe we need to create a documentary. Maybe you and I need to work on that as a side project. But I just love it because there's so many common things that we just don't know much about. And it's just so fun to learn more about them. About. Karen Marcucci, you're a very fascinating person. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I have uh, thoroughly enjoyed everybody that I've ever met. I've tried to learn something from them. And um, I just love the opportunity to connect with people in this way. So thank you for that opportunity. If someone wanted to reach out to the school board as their a way to communicate, whether it's through a website or an email? Email is the best way to do that. And all of the board members, our addresses are listed on the website there. We each have our own unique address and um, Karen Marcucci at misdmail.org. But again, there's hyperlinks on the website. So and the website the is misd.org. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Karen, I appreciate you uh, for everything you've done on the school board, and and thank you for being on About Mansfield. Well, I appreciate you bringing news back to Mansfield. This is So, again, I like to learn. So, when I came to Mansfield, uh, my next-door neighbor neighbor knew this about me, um, Peggy Hudson. Shout out to her. Um, and Peggy used to buy me a subscription to the Mansfield News Mirror every year for my birthday. Oh, very good. <laughs> because I just enjoyed that so much. And so, I've just really missed that connection. And so, I'm so proud of the work that you're doing. And I'm so proud of the volunteers that you have that are here and uh, thankful to have the opportunity for our community to connect in this way. So I truly appreciate that. Well, I appreciate that. The, uh, and, and the kind words. It definitely is a, a team effort here with, with the, all the volunteer reporters who just, like I told you off the air, uh, who just came out of the woodwork and wanted to be a part of this. And it brings me back to my talk radio days. And, and so being in this little nine by 10 studio is, is my playground. So I am. Well, I'm glad you enjoy it so much because I really do enjoy listening. Thank you. And again, thanks for being on About Mansfield. We'll be right back. Hey, Mansfield. Did you know that cannabis is legal in Texas? I'm Sonia Salazar, co-owner of Wise Wellness. As cannabis educators and advocates, we can explain the differences and help guide you to your perfect CBD match. Wise Wellness carries a wide range of products, including oils, topicals, and edibles. For location and contact information, visit our website at wisewell.com. That's wise, W-Y-S-E, well.com. 
Hi, this is John with Pool Aid, your local pool care specialist. We here at Pool Aid would like you to know that coronavirus cannot be transmitted in pool water, so it is safe to use your pool or spa, just not for a pool party. For now, let's keep the swimming to our family that live in your house. If you have any questions or concerns or need a certified professional to help keep your pool safe and clean, visit us on the internet at poolaid.net. That's poolaid.net. We're here for you. Due to COVID-19, the record amount of unemployment and loss of health benefits to Mansfield area residents has been staggering. I'm Carmen McMillan, Executive Director of Mansfield Mission Center. There's never been a more critical time for the Mission Center to offer essential services. During the pandemic, the Mission Center has assisted hundreds of Mansfield area families with financial assistance, employment help, food, and or medical care. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance, Mansfield Mission Center is here for you. For more details, visit our website at mansfieldmission.org. That's mansfieldmission.org. We welcome all feedback about the program, whether it's about a specific news story or a feature that you heard. Feel free to chime in by sending us an email to comments at aboutmansfield.com or pick up the telephone. Give us a call at 817-435-2938. Again, that's 817-435-2938, where we'll read or play back some of the comments in a future episode. Congratulations to Deanne Carlisle, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. Who received a 50-year franchise from City Council in 1917 to establish the city's first electric plant? According to the history of Mansfield, it was Milton Farr who established the first electrical plant in Mansfield. Farr was granted a 50-year franchise by the city council for the plant, which was equipped with up-to-date machinery and met Mansfield's needs for electric light. Deanne has won a $25 gift card to Brooklyn Pie and Cafe. It is time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular trivia question of the week. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to Brooklyn Pie and Cafe, featuring a variety of authentic Italian dishes and pizza, as well as appetizers, salads, subs, and burgers. You can check out their menu at brooklynpiecafemenu.com. Let's get to this week's question. Colleen? Well, Steve, earlier in our news segment, we talked about Mansfield ISD Superintendent Dr. Kimberly Cantu's successful surgery. This week's trivia question is, in what year was Dr. Cantu hired by Mansfield ISD? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, in what year was Dr. Cantu hired by Mansfield ISD? Good luck, and thanks to John at Brooklyn Pie for the gift card. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, it's our usual array of news, talk, and information, including an in-studio interview with local entrepreneur Philip Washington. The show will be released on Wednesday, September 23rd. Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast if you haven't already, so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters Stacy Main and Dennis Webb. City Council Recap Casey Lewis. Home Improvement Feature Terry Raswin. Sports Tommy Cummings. Post Production Editing, Mixing, Mastering. 
That's me. Thanks for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is about Mansfield. <laughs>